It's Thursday, October 3rd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. An organization in Philadelphia wants to open a facility where people are allowed to use illegal drugs. We'll tell you why supporters say places like these can actually save lives. Then, the U.S. is slapping new tariffs on everything from French wine to Swiss cheese. And the reason has nothing to do with hors d'oeuvres. And finally, a bird's-eye view that offers some much-needed perspective. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by LaCroix Sparkling Water. The most complicated story today is about Safe House. No, no one's running from the law. Actually, it's the opposite. Safe House is an organization in Philadelphia that wants to allow people to inject heroin and use other drugs more safely and under medical supervision. Yesterday, a federal judge gave this so-called injection site the green light. So today we're going to get into what these kinds of facilities do, why there's disagreement over whether they're a good idea, and what's next in the legal battle to open one in Philly. Let's get into it, starting with what is an injection site? It's basically a place where drug users can smoke or inject illegal drugs in a safe medical environment. Instead of using these drugs unsupervised or on the streets, where they're at risk of contracting a disease or dying of an overdose. An injection site doesn't provide drugs, but the site has medical staff on hand, as well as clean needles or water to dilute the drugs. If someone overdoses or has a bad reaction to the drug, the injection site is stocked with antidotes like naloxone to counteract an overdose. And there are medical staff on hand to perform any other life-saving procedures. Injection sites can also offer treatment options and referrals to social services to encourage drug users to stop using. Studies have shown injection sites are an effective way to reduce drug overdoses and the spread of infectious diseases. These sites have had some success in Canada and throughout Europe, where researchers say thousands of lives have been saved because of them. The American Medical Association has also endorsed similar programs. In Philadelphia specifically, about three people die every day from a drug overdose. One study predicted that adding an injection site in the Philadelphia neighborhood where Safe House is based could lower the area's overdose rate by a third. Philadelphia officials and the state's former governor have thrown their support behind Safe House. The thing is, Safe House isn't up and running yet. In fact, there aren't any injection sites in the U.S. at all. Why? Because the drugs people use in injection sites are illegal. And the Justice Department says places that allow people to use illegal drugs on site, even in a way that's medically safer, are also illegal. They point to a law on the books banning these kinds of facilities. It's called the Controlled Substances Act, which says people can't own property where drugs are being used. It's sometimes referred to as the crack house statute. You know, where cocaine is made, sold, and used. And in February, the Justice Department sued Safe House. Here's U.S. Attorney William McSwain announcing that suit. If Safe House wants to operate an injection site, it should work through the democratic process to try to change the law. It should not expect prosecutors to turn a blind eye to wholesale illegal behavior. It's not just the federal government that's against supervised injection sites. Some community activists worry that building an injection site like Safe House brings more drugs closer to their front steps. 
the Safe House facility in Philadelphia would open in what is already one of the most active heroin markets in the country. But others argue injection sites can be a positive tool for the community. Here's one activist in New York last summer. We have so much evidence proving the value of these as a public health tool. We have so much evidence proving uh, their value in reducing overdose and in getting people engaged in care. So whether injection sites are a good idea or not has been a divisive issue in the U.S. But yesterday, a federal judge said supervised injection sites are not crack houses and that Safehouse doesn't want to facilitate drug use. Instead, Safehouse wants to reduce the harmful effects of drug use and save lives and ultimately help people overcome addiction. So what happens next? Well, the Justice Department is expected to appeal the judge's ruling. And they'll bring other jurisdictions to court if they try to open similar facilities. Because it's not just Philadelphia that's been pushing to open injection sites. Across the country last year, drug overdoses killed more than 68,000 people. And cities like New York, Boston, and San Francisco have all considered proposals to open supervised injection sites to prevent more deaths. These cities and others have likely been keeping an eye on this trial before deciding whether to move forward with their own plans. So what's the skim? The opioid epidemic has devastated communities across the country. And some people say that an out-of-the-box idea like an injection site, which has seen success in other countries, is one way to combat the crisis. Bigger picture, drug manufacturers are facing their own court battles over their role in the opioid epidemic. Earlier this week, pharmaceutical company Johnson & Johnson reached a $20.4 million settlement with two counties in Ohio as a way to avoid the first ever federal trial aiming to hold the pharmaceutical industry accountable for their role in this crisis. Four other drug makers have also settled in that case, but the trial is still going to start on October 21st and is expected to set a precedent for the more than 2,000 similar cases filed across the country. Meanwhile, in Europe, the World Trade Organization just resolved a different kind of legal battle. That's next. Thirsty? Try LaCroix. It's refreshment, flavor, and sparkle, with zero calories, zero sweeteners, and zero sodium. All of LaCroix's flavors are confirmed to be derived from natural sources with natural fruit essences. Made with flavor ingredients certified as natural and no caffeine or alcohol, each LaCroix product is Whole30, non-GMO, and produced without a BPA liner. You can join the LaCroix community on social at at LaCroixWater. For more information and a full list of retailers, visit LaCroixWater.com. If you thought the U.S.-China trade war was the only economic battle raging these days, think again. Yesterday, the U.S. announced new 25% tariffs on $7.5 billion worth of European products, which may include some of your go-tos in the cheese section or the liquor aisle. Think Swiss cheese, yogurt, single malt scotch, or wines from Germany, France, and Spain. But the reason for all this actually has to do with planes. Yes, airplanes. You might have seen this in the Daily Skim this morning. Here's the background. The U.S. has had some long-standing beef with the fact that European governments give subsidies to the airplane manufacturer Airbus, meaning the EU gives Airbus preferential loans. The U.S. first complained about this back in 2004, when they told the World Trade Organization that those subsidies distorted the market by allowing Airbus to borrow money below market rates. 
On Wednesday, after 15 long years, the World Trade Organization finally weighed in and said, you're right, US, those European subsidies are unfair. To make things right, the WTO said the US is free to retaliate with $7.5 billion in tariffs on EU goods. It's the largest award ever given out by the WTO. And it's a pretty big win for President Trump, who, as recently as August, threatened to withdraw the US from the WTO. Now, that membership is looking pretty great. So, with a tariff permission slip, the US has let loose, issuing tariffs not just on the food and alcohol we talked about earlier, but all kinds of things. British wool suits, German knives, and Airbus planes. Later this month, they'll face a new 10% tariff. You're probably not shocked to hear that airplanes are very expensive. So a 10% tariff could really add up. Airbus has responded by saying that this tariff could backfire on the US. Workers in at least two US states make parts for Airbus planes. And analysts say the tariffs could hurt travelers too. Because if airlines suddenly need to spend more for the same planes, they might pass those costs on to you by raising ticket prices. Yet another argument against destination weddings. The EU isn't just letting this slide. It says it'll respond with tariffs of its own on US products, though we don't know which ones yet. We should say the US isn't the only one with beef about countries subsidizing airplane manufacturers. The EU is ticked off at the US for doing it too, and Europe has its own complaint at the WTO about American subsidies for its big airplane manufacturer, Boeing. A ruling on that is expected next year. For more on how trade wars affect your wallet, head over to theskim.com money. So we're trying this new thing. It's called Skim Money Thursdays, where we talk about the big money stories of the week and how they affect you. This week, it's become clear that the year of the tech IPO isn't going as planned. An IPO stands for Initial Public Offering. It's when companies go public and let any old investor, rather than, say, venture capitalists, buy shares. This year, a bunch of companies you know IPO'd, like Uber and Lyft, Peloton, Pinterest, and Zoom, the video conference service. So they're crushing it, right? Well, not all of them. This week, Uber and Lyft shares hit record lows, with Uber down 35% since its IPO and Lyft down 45%. The two companies are losing tons of money every month, and investors are less than thrilled. Fancy workout bike in your living room company Peloton is also way down. Recent data shows almost half of this year's newly public companies are worth less now than they were when they went public, which means you might have lost some money if you invested in them. These messy IPOs suggest that the way we predict how much flashy startups are actually worth might need some rejiggering. Silicon Valley can't take back these IPOs, but a new rule by the Securities and Exchange Commission could help companies check themselves before they wreck themselves on the market. To learn more about how disappointing IPOs could impact your wallet, head on over to theskim.com money. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the Alps. Sometimes, to get a good look at things, you have to take to the skies. And this week, the Associated Press reports an eagle named Victor will do just that. He's trying to get a good look at the Alpine glaciers, not for meditative purposes. 
Researchers mounted a camera to his back so they could get a better look at melting due to climate change. Victor's handlers and organizers hope the footage will show the world the impact of climate change on the glaciers, most of which scientists say will disappear by the end of the century. The white-tailed eagle's flight this week will take him to Germany, Austria, Italy, and finally France, where maybe he can get some much-needed R&R. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. <laughs>